the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We think no one's looking. No one's going to know. We're going to do this. We're going to try just one. I'm going to take one joint, see what it's like. I'm going to have one affair. I'm going to take one glance at pornography. I'm going to tell one lie. I'm going to lie just this one time. No one's going to know. I'm going to take just one drink. I'm going to cheat one time. I'm going to visit one time. I'm going to touch one time. I'm going to try it one time. And we don't even realize that Satan is setting the hook in our life. And we will forever be uh, captured by that. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4.7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 1. There are three T words. Everybody say T words. words. Words that start with a T in James chapter 1. And, and really, uh, what I have discovered is that in our little minds, we're, we have these three T words. They're, they're, they're kind of cloudy. They kind of run together. And you really need to see them as three separate things in order to fully understand what James is talking about. The first T word is the word trial. And trials, uh, again, we looked at that last week. Trials uh, are are events, things that happen simply because we live in a corrupt world. We live in a fallen state, a fallen world. Uh, It might be sickness. It might be, you know, maybe what some people call just uh, the roll of the dice. Like it's almost like they consider it bad luck. It's the same things that happen to you. It might be something like tragedy, something very, very tragic uh, but there's just things that happen because we live in the world in which we live and there's, there's evil and sin in the world and just stuff happens. Maybe you're, you're going to a meeting and you stop and get Starbucks and uh, you're all ready to go. It's like, I just need a little caffeine. And you turn and as you turn, you spill coffee all over your outfit. It's the only outfit. The appointment starts like in 30 minutes. What are you, what are you gonna do? Man, when you get old, you get old, your body starts to just to fall apart, right? And we have all this stuff that happens to us and we blame God a lot of times. And it's really not God's fault. It's just, the, it's just the world in which we live. Did you know that this week, this week, uh, in our family life center, some guy walked in there with a bag and set it down and said, it's a bomb. We called the police. 
They evacuated the entire facility, had to evacuate all the, ch- the, the child care department. They called in the police. Police came in there with guns drawn on that guy. They hauled him off and arrested him. I don't know his name, don't know what happened to him, don't know where he came from. That happened this week in this church, in this church, all right, here. I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about New York. I'm talking about here, okay? And so and you say, well, why is that? Well, just there's, there's a bunch of crazy people in the world, all right? Uh, we live in a fallen world. Number two are tests. That's the second T word, test. There are some times where God allows some trials and some tribulation. Some of them are sent or allowed, I should say, by God in order to test your heart and to test your character. All you've got to do is read Job, the first two or three chapters. It's God and Satan having a discussion about Job. He allows Satan to test Job. And when I read that, I think, I wonder, I wonder how many times God and Satan have talked about me. I wonder if God and Satan have ever had a discussion about you. And God says that you're this, and Satan says you're this, and God says, all right, go ahead, do your thing. I'll, I'll, I'm going to show you, have a little test here. I'll just show you what's in that guy's heart. Of course, we found out last week in verses 2 through 12 of James chapter 1, that God allows tests to come into our life in order that we might be stretched, that we might be matured, that God might grow us, all right? The third word, the third T word is the word temptation. And these things happen to all of us. We all go through trials, we all go through tests, and we all are tempted, just like Adam and Eve. Satan tempted them. And if, if, if Satan tempted them, Satan's going to tempt you, he's going to tempt me. Why? Why does Satan tempt us? Because he wants to destroy us. He does not want us to pass the test. You see, God tests us. God brings a test in order that we'll be strengthened, that we'll be mature. He'll knock off the rough edges that will become more like his son. Satan tests us in order to ruin us. I asked on my Facebook page just uh, what, what are things that you're tempted with? I had all kinds of pages of things that people wrote in that they're tempted with. Uh, some person wrote Starbucks. They're, that's their temptation. Someone said negative thoughts. Someone said lust. Uh, someone said pizza. Someone said overeating. I have the pictures to prove it. Uh, Fritos, donuts, lust, pride, insecurity, lying, selfishness, wrath, gossip. Facebook. Some, some guy named Jeff said his temptation is cold beer. Sophia said her temptation was dark chocolate. And on and on it goes. And, and uh, how many of you, how many of you would be acknowledged, you don't have to say what the temptation is, how many of you face temptation? Raise your hand, all right? I hope, I'll, if you hope you raise your hand there. I want you to take your Bible real quick. Raise your Bible up. Let me see your Bible. Take your finger. Take your finger. Come on. Point to your Bible. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has the nap for that. Tell him. <laughs> Number one, we're taking notes. Number one, emphatically, do, do not blame God when you're tempted. Do not blame God when you're tempted. You, you've got to understand this about trials. You cannot blame God. God gets blamed for a lot of stuff that's not his fault. James chapter 1, verse 13, he says this very emphatically, when tempted no one should say no one should say 
that God is tempting me for God. Now, he can bring a test, all right? He can test you, but God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We live in a day and age where no one wants to take responsibility. We blame everybody and everything. We blame our parents. We blame our children. We blame the teachers. We blame the politicians. We blame our neighbors. We blame the dog. We blame our spouse. We blame the circumstances. We love to blame others. When Eve sinned, when Eve sinned and God confronted her, she said these words, it's not my fault, it's Adam's fault. And women have been blaming their husbands ever since. <laughs> Adam said, well, what was you? He said, not my fault, but it's the servant's fault. Everybody blamed everybody else. It's never, we're always pointing at someone else. And it's that old illustration. When you point at someone else, you got three fingers pointing right back at yourself. Look at verse 14. Each person, each person is tempted when by his own evil desire, he is what? He's dragged away and enticed. I want you to write this down. The word enticed is a fishing term. The word enticed is a fishing term. And I brought a tackle box with me today for all you fishermen. How many fishermen we got out there? Oh, yeah, you're going to like this part of the sermon. Um, I have a lure here that I fish with. This is a lure, all right? This is a lure. It's a trick, all right? It was made to look like a trout. Okay, and it looks like a trout, doesn't it? It's beautiful. Look at that thing. It happens to have this hook down here. But I've caught a lot of fish on this right here. You put that in the water, and a fish comes along and thinks that this is the, a, a, a real live fish, and they eat it. And then I get to catch it. Amen, amen. Look at this one right here. This is a lure, all right? There's a hook down here, a hook here. There's a hook up here on top. It's black. This is called a plastic. It's got this chartreuse orange tail that goes through the water. That, that, that tail starts to kind of thump in the water. Now, this is a big bait, all right? And you catch big fish with big bait, okay? Some of you never catch any fish. It's because you catch, you fish with little bait. Little bait, little fish. Big bait, big fish. Check this one out right here. Whoa! This is called a twin tail. It's what it's called. And then you have, I have a picture of this. I have what's called spinner baits. All right? These are called spinner baits. Spinner baits, this is what bass fishermen catch fish with. They catch bass. And uh, more bass have been caught on spinner baits than any other lures. I want you to notice several things. First of all, there's jewelry on it right there. See that right there? It's jewelry. Oh, yeah, I'm looking good today. I'm looking good today. Jewelry. Then, this is actually true. On a spinnerbait, all this stuff here, this is called a skirt. It's a skirt. That's what they call it. It's got jewelry and a skirt. And you put that thing in the water, and the bass, man, they just love this thing. But if you notice inside, there are a couple, you can't probably, you probably can't see it, but there are actually two hooks. There's a single hook here and a treble hook here with its own little skirt. Now you would think that bass would wake up one day and say, hey, you see that thing? Every time my friend gets around that one of those, 
I'll never see him again. <laughs> but they're not very smart, you see. Then we're not much sharper. Uh, Twelve months a, a year, uh, you can catch bass on a spinnerbait. And we're just as vulnerable. I want you to write this down. Satan is the ultimate angler. He knows when to cast. He knows where to cast. I want to tell you four things Satan does. Number one, he presents the temptation. Now, you got to understand this. Temptation itself is not a sin. Just because you're tempted, that does not mean you've sinned. Temptation is not a sin because Jesus was tempted. Jesus never sinned. Jesus was tempted, yet he never yielded to that sin. And and I don't want to confuse you or say something that you don't really understand, but temptation is almost like a badge of honor. It's like Satan wants to get to you, so he tempts you. Because he does not want you serving and honoring God. So he presents the, he presents the temptation, and then, then write this down, he works the lure, all right? And when you fish, you know, you dance this thing. You go fast, you go slow. These little things when they're in the water, they go thump, 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 thump. The sun hits them, and they shine, and uh, it's called working the lure. And that's what Satan does. And he, he puts something, it moves, you look at it, and all of a sudden your mind focuses in, and you want it because the flesh is never satisfied. Number three, Satan sets the hook is what he does. It's called setting the hook. So he passes the lure, and uh, the fish, here's what happens. The fish comes up and takes the lure. He bites it, and he swims off. He swims off. He doesn't even know he's hooked. He doesn't know, I got it, I got it, I did it. The fish is swimming through the water. The fisherman, he lowers, he lowers the fishing rod. He tightens up the line. The fish is swimming, think everything is good. And the last second, the fisherman does what's called, he sets the hook and that jaw, that hook goes in that fish's jaw. And that's just the way sin goes. We think no one's looking, no one's going to know. We're going to do this. We're going to try just one. I'm going to take one joint, see what it's like. I'm going to have one affair. I'm going to take one glance at pornography. I'm going to tell one lie. I'm going to lie just this one time. No one's going to know. I'm going to take just one drink. I'm going to cheat one time. I'm going to visit one time. I'm going to touch one time. I'm going to try it one time. And we don't even realize that Satan is setting the hook in our life. And we will forever be uh, captured by that. And the fourth thing is, he just reels in another victim. He just reels in. Man, he rejoices. It's another, it's another family ruined. It's another marriage that's up for grabs. It's another heart broken beyond repair. It's another career down the tubes. It's another conscience that is seared. It's another young person that's addicted to drugs or to sex. Uh, I, I fish. Whenever I catch a fish, I have this thing what's called... It's called catch and release. I catch the fish, I unhook the fish, I look at the fish, I take a picture of the fish, I put it back in the water, and I let it go back and see its mama. (laughs) Satan does not do catch and release. Satan catches and then he destroys. He mounts us on his trophy room wall, the, the wall of his trophy room. And, and it's, it's unbelievable. He is, 
He has doctors, professional athletes, teachers, students, pastors, moms, dads, housekeepers. Listen, whenever you're tempted, you're not tempted. God doesn't bring the temptation. We have these evil desires within us. We're born of the flesh. The flesh is powerful. Satan dangles the bait in front of us. We look, and then we take, and then he sets the hook. Number two, beware of the consequences of yielding to sin. This is one of the most important things for you to understand about temptation. The Bible says in verse 15, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to what? To sin. I want you to write that down. To yield is to sin. Temptation is not the sin. It's when you yield to that temptation you sin. And that's, that's all Satan's trying to get you to do. He wants you to commit a sin. He tempts you so you'll sin. He'll tempt you with money hoping that you'll forsake God and, and commit the sin of simply following a false God called money. He'll tempt you with fame. And he, he's trying to get you to compromise and to do certain things that will dishonor God so that somehow, you, you know, you, you, we see this all the time with actors and actresses. They come out, they're going to be a Christian entertainer, Christian actor, Christian actors, until they get the part, they look at the part, they know they're going to have to compromise their faith, but they want to be famous, they need to make a living. They will compromise what they're doing just so they can have the fame. It's all a trick. It's all a temptation. He will tempt us to lie. And you say, well, why, why is that? Because the Bible says that Satan is a liar. He's the father of all lies. He wants us to become like him. And so he gets us to lie and tell all kinds of lies. He tempts us with lust, hoping that we'll give in to that lust and break our vows to God and break our vows to one another. Now, all temptation, when Satan, he puts that lure in front of you, He's hoping you'll take the bite because he wants you to sin. Look at verse 15. After desire has conceived, it gives birth to what? To sin. Now, everybody wake up. After sin, the Bible says, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to what? To death. To yield is to sin, write this down, which leads to death. So much of our culture, Hollywood, late night comedians, they're always joking around about sin. Uh, they, they're, they're, they want you to think that sin is funny. That whole Las Vegas scene, they're trying to normalize sin in your mind. That you get so used to it, that you think that's just the normal, normal thing to do. That's what Saturday Night Live is all about. They're trying to get you to laugh, and they mock God. They mock sin, the nightclub scene. It's all trying to normalize sin. The problem is this, that when you sin, when I sin, all sin leads to death. That's what, that's what Romans 6.23 says, that the wages of sin is death. Write this down. It, is, it has dead, deadly earthly consequences and direct eternal consequences. See, sin separates us from God in this life and in the life to come. Sin is not a little deal. So when you're tempted, you gotta understand that what the, what's going on here, oh, it looks good, it looks pleasurable, but Satan wants you to sin because he wants you 
to not be what God wants you to be. Now, in your outline, I have these four categories, all right? And I've done this once before, but I, I want to do it again today because it so illustrates uh, the point here. Uh, I, I think people think that God's got a million rules. I don't think God has a million rules. I think God has a very, has a very few number of rules. Uh, there's a lot of categories, but usually it's just one rule, usually. For example, we have these categories. One is food, one is drink, one is work, and one is sex. And really, most of us, those four things, that's kind of what we think about, all right? Now, number one, food. There's only one rule. God's got one rule. What is the rule? Don't be a glutton. Write that down. Write that word down. Don't be a glutton, okay? You can choose to abide by it or not. The second category is drink. What's the one rule? Don't get drunk. That's the rule. I had a diet. I, had, had, I haven't had soda in a long time. I, I've tried not to drink soda, and uh, that's how I keep my girlish figure. And uh, um, I, uh, I had a diet, Dr. Pepper, the other night, and oh, it was good. Okay, it's just solid sugar, solid sugar, but hey, still good, okay? We hear, we hear the word diet, we think, hey, it's okay, it's still, still sugar. Okay, you know that, right? Okay, anyway. Uh, then work, what's the one rule for work? Take a day off, all right? Take a day off. And marriage, what's the one rule? What's the rule? Only in marriage. I don't think God, I really don't think God cares how often you have sex. I really don't think he cares. I don't think he cares how you have sex. I think, I think he's only got one rule. Hey, make sure whoever you're having sex with, you're married. That's the only rule. Now, I want you to go back and look at all four of those things. Every one of those things, there's either life or death in your ability to obey or disobey that one rule. So, all right, we'll look at food. Uh, you can't live, right? You can't live without eating food. There's life in food. But if you break God's rule and you just cram food in your mouth 24 hours a day and you are basically, you eat, you eat like a pig and it just, you just can't see how much food you can eat, guess what? You're going to fall over of a heart attack. You're going to die because there, there's death. Breaking God's law, there's death in breaking God's law. Uh, drink. You, 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 uh, you drink alcohol and you get drunk from time to time, so one, sooner or later, you break that law, you're either going to kill, you're going to get in a car and drive, you're going to kill someone, you're going to kill yourself. If, if that doesn't happen, you're going to destroy your liver. Uh, I, I, I had a, 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 a great uncle, an uncle who died just of his liver stopped functioning because of alcohol. You break God's law. You say, hey, I can do it. I'm in. Yeah, you continue to break God's law you're going to die. Now, there's life in what you drink because you can't live unless you drink. Your body's 95% water, right? We got we to gotta drink something. He only says, hey, don't get drunk. That's the rule. Number three, take a day off, all right? You say, I, don't, I can work seven days a week. I'm telling you right now, you work seven days a week, you're, 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 you're going to burn yourself out. But if you just take that one day and truly set it aside to worship God, there's life, there's freedom, there's jubilee in rest. In these uncertain times, we know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by, ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through on your first try, please be sure to try again. Our phone number again is 888 888- 818 
Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Pastor Dudley.